Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. It is a gorgeous day in Alaska and all over the state. I know it's about 30 degrees up in Barrow, is what we call it these days. And it's uh, kind of cloudy in southeast Alaska, but here in south central, it is just amazing. You can see Mount uh, Denali, Four Acre, Hunter. You can see uh, all over the Alaska range. The Chugach is wide open. If you were a pilot today, you'd want to be flying everywhere. We're the best place here in Alaska for conservative news, and we're standing up for all of your constitutional rights as America's, your freedoms here on the last frontier. I just want to thank everybody who reads Must Read Alaska, and whether it's at our website, mustreadalaska.com, or if you're getting the newsletter, that's where you pick up our news. Um, when you like and share us on Facebook, that means so much to us. We're up to about 22,000 followers on Facebook, extremely happy with that number. And uh, if you share our content, it really helps us a lot. And everybody who's listening to this podcast, thank you so much. And thank you to those who support the Must Read Alaska Project. This is the place for conservative pushback against the big liberal narrative. And John Quick is in Nikiski, and he's living the good life. And so, John, what's going on in Nikiski? I know you're, you got your kids in masks in the schools now, so that's not the best news I've ever heard. Oh yeah, so you know we're here in the Kiski Kenai Peninsula Borough, and and we uh, even though we have some masks in some schools, we still uh, uh, we try not to take for granted that we do have more freedoms that are in place than possibly in Anchorage because we have a mayor that uh, cherishes freedom, and so we're excited about that. Uh, but you know, one thing uh, this week that doesn't have to do with Nikiski specifically, but um, in a roundabout way does is you know there's lots of parents around the state that are always wondering. What do I do? How do I affect change in my kid's school? Where do I start? How, who do I talk to? Do I talk to the teacher? Do I talk to the principal? Do I talk to the school board? And uh, we get those uh, messages, uh, comments all the time on our, our Facebook stuff here at Must Read Alaska. And so what we did is we put together a website called Reach the Schools. Um, and Say it again. What's it called now? ReachTheSchools.com reachtheschools.com. I think you yep. got a, a plug of a tobacco in your mouth, so I, I'm going to have to say it for you. Yeah, reachtheschools.com. And uh, really, if you live in Fairbanks, Anchorage, uh, the Matsu, or the Kenai Peninsula Borough, we have each one of those districts in that, in that website. When school board meetings are happening, names, contact information, email addresses, phone numbers of every school board member, uh, names, contact information of the superintendents, uh, for each of those school districts, and even sample forms and letters for folks to use uh, as it relates to what they would want to say. So uh, that's kind of a public service announcement-ish, but uh, anybody that's interested, they can go there. It's free to use and send it to all your friends. You know what? I'm really proud of you for doing this site. You know, this is an enterprise project that you put together. And, and for those who don't know, John Quick is vice president of Must Read Alaska. He does a tremendous amount of work at Must Read Alaska. But on his own, he's got a, a, a consulting company, does a lot of social media 
and other kinds of marketing that he does for people here in Alaska and elsewhere as well. And this was his idea to put reachtheschools.com up. And he's got one, two, three, four uh, towns now that were, or districts that you can go and get the information from. And, and, and you've had a request to put one up for Kodiak and some other places too, I, I understand North Pole. And uh, in, in addition to that, you, you've, you know, in addition to people reaching out and asking for help, uh, reaching their schools, you've given them some tips on what to do. And your biggest tip is to be bold, but be kind. And I just think that is the very best advice. I mean, we get pretty passionate about things that we care about, especially relevant to our children in the school districts, because we give over our children for you know, six hours a day to our school district. That's a big chunk of their lives. They come home, they do homework, they, they eat their dinner, they take their baths, they play. But but a lot of their lives, of their waking lives, we trust our school districts to take care of our children. And so uh, we can get a little passionate about things that happen, like when they're starting to teach critical race theory and, and theories, which is yeah. essentially theories of how to be a racist. But your, your suggestion is to be bold, but be kind. And I thought that was brilliant. And I hope everybody goes and takes a look at reachtheschools.com and um, give, give John some feedback on it. Uh, we are always happy to... Uh, try to make the changes and, and update it as, uh, as people see we need to, right, John? Yep, yeah, I just, I think uh, the thing I would try to put across to parents that maybe don't know where to start is nobody, nobody likes it when somebody shows up to your work and just starts yelling at you. And so even if you passionately care about your, your kids, which you probably obviously do, and you passionately care about their education, the thing that's going to get you nowhere real fast is to show up to their school and start unloading on their teacher or principal because uh, school district policy starts and ends at the board level and is implemented by the superintendent. And so uh, be passionate, but be kind because these are men and women that are teachers that for the most part, I can speak here on the Kenai Peninsula Borough are doing their best to educate the kids and uh, policies is something that they don't control. All right, so this week's edition of the Must Read Alaska podcast is brought to you by reachtheschools.com. And we hope everybody goes there and checks it out and gets involved in their local school districts. And, and you know, we've got a lot of elections coming up and so there will be a, a chance to, to improve our school boards. In some cases, they're, they're not going to be improved, but this is a, a good place to start. And thank you, John, for that. He, yeah. you know, in Anchorage, we're dealing with some really crazy stuff. And this is some a couple of stories that I put out this morning on mustreadalaska.com. And the, and it's about this Meg Zalatel, who's on the assembly here, who's got an ordinance she's putting forward tonight. It's it's 2020-91. And this ordinance is a way to circumvent the, the executive authority of the mayor just instead of the mayor having emergency authority and enacting a mask mandate, which this mayor, Dave Bronson, is not going to do, they are going to pass an ordinance and says, everybody must be masked age two and above in all settings in Anchorage where they're, you know, you're not in the privacy of your own home. Even in this ordinance, uh, if you're in your own home and you have a lot of people over, you would have to be masked as well. Say you're having a party people would have to be masked. So this is a universal masking for everyone two and above. And for the, those uh, 
who are in, who are in preschool, they also want those kids to be masked, even if they're under two. But they're, they're, that's just a suggestion on their part. And so this is um, this is the same Meg Zalatel who is subject to a recall. She represents District Four in Anchorage, and it's shocking that she would come out with something that is so aggressive and so incredibly Stalinist, is how I put it. Uh, just before she's up for this recall election. It's almost like she's daring people to recall, to, you know, to vote against her or something. The, the, we had a recall of Felix Rivera, who is on the assembly, uh, who is on the assembly, and that was in April. And he got through that pretty handily, John. He, he, um, he's, yeah. he's, he skated on through that. He also represents that same, that same area of talent. And I you know. think she thinks she's gonna do the same. Yeah, these these folks are so out of touch with reality, and this just goes to show it that somebody like Meg is willing to put down such radical ideas right before she's about to face the recall. Why? Because she is so out of touch with the average Alaskan, and uh, these people just don't get it. They're their own little mini gods, and they're always the smartest people in the room. And if conservatives come and give testimony, they kind of do a little smirk behind their mic and they behind their masks. Yeah, and behind their mask and they condescendingly ask them to, you know, hurry up, your testimony's over. And and unfortunately, these people are the people that represent you in Anchorage. And so yes. what I would do is I would show up in droves. I would literally, if you own a vehicle, pack your entire vehicle legally with everybody have seatbelts in it full of people that care about freedom, doesn't matter what party they're affiliated with, and get them down to uh, this assembly meeting in a respectful way, sh show that you are not for more radical communism to happen in the city of Anchorage. Because just like we are seeing, which we'll talk about a little later in parts of Australia, where literally the government is shooting people that aren't wearing a mask, um, this is a slippery slope. They're going to want you to wear a mask. They're your two-year-old to wear a mask. They're going to want, then they're going to want your two-year-old to get vaccinated. The moment you don't want to do that, then they're going to take away your freedoms. And if you don't respond to that, they're going to force you into some sort of area or camp or whatever. We're seeing it play out in Australia. The craziest of the craziest ideas that we thought will never happen again in this world are happening as we speak in Australia. Right, and so the assembly meets at 5 p.m. at the Lusac Library on Tuesday. That's September 28th. And for those who are interested, and, and if you are in favor of the mask mandate, you can also go as well. But um, those who are interested and who are opposed to the mask mandate coming from the assembly as an ordinance, as a law, not as an emergency order, but as a law in Anchorage, uh, they can go down to the assembly. They will find themselves frustrated because there will not be enough time to uh, to testify on this ordinance. And this ordinance is at the very end of the meeting. They have put it toward the end purposefully to frustrate the people. So I do recommend that people go. Um, those who are opposed to the ordinance are asked to wear red because that will show up pretty well in the assembly chambers. And, and although they have their masks on, they should be able to see you. And uh, if people want to go down with their American flags and post themselves in front of the building, I think it's gonna be a beautiful evening and that would be a, a really appropriate thing to do. Having your American flags, make sure they don't drag them on the ground 
don't you dare drag that flag on the ground while you're while you're standing up for freedom. But uh, but to do show up, I think American flags would be really appropriate because this still is the land of the free because of the brave. And so it's important that people make their their uh, their feelings known about this. This is a very interesting ordinance because what she has in the S version, and this we're talking about Meg Zalatel, who is an assembly member here in town. She is supported by the majority of the assembly. And I'm talking about, um, you know, Cameron Perez Verdia, we're talking about Austin Quinn Davidson, Felix Rivera, Chris Constant, Suzanne LaFrance, John Weddleton, Pete Peterson, those uh, liberal, very heavy leftist people on the assembly are supporting this ordinance. They have an S version and it, it has the enforcement mechanism in it, John. What it does is it turns neighbors against neighbors. And if you're like a competing business, you could like go into your uh, competitor's business with your camera rolling. And if they're not enforcing the mask ordinance, you can turn them in. You can put them out of business. You can take, um, if you're a disgruntled mom or dad and you've been in, in, a, in an ugly divorce situation, you can turn in your ex-spouse and maybe get custody of your kids. Uh, you know, if taxi, taxi passengers can sort of turn in the drivers and, and make trouble for them if they didn't like the ride. Uh, they can really do a lot to disrupt people's lives. And Scott, you're you're joining us today. Scott LeBeck is our producer, and I'm really interested. You have so much to say about this kind of thing. And, and I know you have your show on Wednesday, and you'll have a lot to talk about after this meeting on Tuesday. It'll give you a lot to talk about on Wednesday. But what are your thoughts about this particular mechanism for enforcement of turning neighbor against neighbor? Tell us what you think. Yeah, I don't know if we have enough time, but I'll try to keep it sweet. And uh, this is going to be a disaster. And let me tell you a couple different reasons. Number one is when you make an ordinance, then you have to then do more legislation to amend or change the ordinance. So just so people know if and when this is passed, it then becomes an acting law, which means that the only way it is changed or removed or revoked is by passing a different ordinance on it. So just so everybody's aware, that is how that works. And so that is just a little bit of something to be worried about. This is not executive powers. This is not a declaration of emergency. So the, the mayor gets special privileges. That's not how this works. The other thing is this, and you said, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, uh, you know, go ahead and complete, complete that thought and then tell us what the churches are going to do. Yeah. So uh, what this is going to do in the long term is this is going to wreck communities. This is what this does. When you have a surveillance state that is comprised of the citizenship, there is going to be a massive blowback on this. And here's what I said. You've already touched on it. We're not even talking about revenge tattletaling right now. What we're talking about is actual people who don't know all the science. They're using the CDC in this ordinance to uh, begin the mechanism for the explanation as to why. But the CDC recommends that those that are outside should not have to wear a mask. They also, the CDC still has guidelines in there that repeatedly say that masks are not as effective as once thought. So you have all these layers. In the end of the day, if I fear that, if I go outside to grab my mail and not having any context and my neighbor takes a picture of me and I can be held to what we're hearing, this might be a little bit of some breaking news or I don't have it 100% confirmed, that they're looking at a $300 fine ah, for yes, every there's occurrence. The, right, there's a fine, yeah. 
so if I if I can't even walk from my home to my mailbox to grab my mail because I don't know which one of my neighbors has a 70 to 200 millimeter lens that's trying to capture me in a moment that looks like I'm just hanging out outside without a mask, this is this has trouble written all over it. And not only that, but you're going to have to face your accuser. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen when you see that your neighbor is the one that is bringing these accusations against you? Do you think that's going to build community in Anchorage? Like Forrest Dunbar ran on in his bid for mayor? I don't think so. You're going to see a lot of people looking over their shoulder, a lot of people that are apprehensive, anxious. And again, we saw what happened in 2020 with these lockdowns. We saw what happened with this masking. And we saw how it affected the mental health of the community. And what we don't, and it boggles my mind, for whatever reason, and I have to say it's probably partisanship to its max, that we just throw all that aside and just go, you know what? I don't care. We're going to do it anyways. There is no forethought in this at all. Well, they they clearly are trying to take away the powers of the mayor to run the city, and they're they're just going to do it by ordinance. So they they can they can take a couple of different stabs at this one. They hired their own legislative liaison a few weeks ago, and in the ordinance that hired and that legislative liaison is to to liaise between themselves and the city departments, and in the ordinance that they crafted that person would have complete access to every department head. They could walk into the mayor's conference room during a private meeting that the mayor was having with his senior staff and sit down and say, the ordinance allows me to be here. They could be in every uh, everybody's desk or office without uh, any, any invitation. They can go and have complete access to every department and every worker in the city, which was an outrageous uh, breach of the separations of power. Well, they backed that down. So then they, they did hire this person and she, she now works for them and she's supposedly their, their aide to help them liaise with the, the city. The next thing, of course, they're doing is trying to take away the mayor's powers to run the city. And he has decided that it is, we are not in a mask emergency. He's not going to put a mask ordinance, a, a mask mandate out there. So they're taking away those powers and doing it through law. Now, he will most certainly veto that. But there are, there are two people on the assembly who oppose this. This is uh, Jamie Allard and Crystal Kennedy from Eagle River, and they most certainly oppose this ordinance. I've, I saw them during the meeting last week. There's a little secret meeting they had on Monday, and of course it wasn't secret secret, but it was so poorly advertised that it's obvious they didn't want the public to know about it. The public would not have known about it had, not, had it not been for Must Read Alaska. It was only because we started writing about it that people did show up, and there were about 50 people there, and as many of them testified saying, what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing with this ordinance is wrong. So, um, John, what are your thoughts about this in Stalinist uh, Russia, Stalinist Soviet Union? Well, I think this is a case of uh, Forrest Dunbar uh, and his little uh, band of merry men being upset that they lost still. And this is a way that literally all of their friends can tattletale on the conservatives and stick them with a $300 fine or a $100 fine or it doesn't really matter what the cost is. This is a way for all their friends to get those crazy conservatives in trouble. And now they're going to have a law to back it. And it's, uh, child, it's childish. It's literally middle school drama. And uh, that people of Anchorage are just sick and tired of. 
And so, so, so what do you think the churches are going to do? Uh, Scott, why don't you tell me, I mean, before when Ethan Berkowitz shut down the churches, there were a couple that didn't shut down. Anchorage Baptist Temple was one of them. I know you've got a little conflict of interest here on this because you remember that. But um, what are the churches likely to do in this mask mandate situation? Yeah, I think a couple things. Number one is they're going to have to shut down again. A lot of them are going to have to shut down because they can't adequately accommodate the restrictions because it's not just you have to wear a mask. If you read the actual ordinance, there are a, a numerous things that you have to do when it comes to uh, outdoor and or indoor public settings, including That's being right. six foot apart. So it's not just that, hey, you have to wear a mask. There are other mitigating factors that are going to cause a lot of churches to either have to shut down or create an alternative way to hold church, which not every church has the resources to do that. So you're going to see, again, a lockdown of churches because they do not have the resources or the ability to hold um, assembly. There are other churches who are looking right now into what the legality of this is. And, and I'm sure there are going to be churches that are going to fight back. I think, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's amazing to me that there's two things that are really interesting about this ordinance. I'm going to go ahead and just do this. Number one is Meg Zeltel and Pete Peterson are sponsor, co-sponsor on this. Number one is Meg is up for Meg is up for a recall. So regardless if she gets recalled or not, the stain's on her. So it doesn't really matter. That seems like a political maneuver right there. The second thing is Pete Peterson is up. He, this is his third term. He will not be running again because he's termed out. So he's this done. seems to be yeah. So this seems to be like a political move. I've never seen Pete get on board with anything. Half the time I think he's at home sleeping, and then somebody has to wake him up to say yes or no, depending on what force texts him. So I think this is all just very interesting. The other thing is this. The other thing is, is that when it comes down to the actual changes that are going to be taking place, the enforcement of this is very interesting because if you remember the last emergency declaration order where there was a mask mandate, do you know how many people the code enforcers they hired? Oh, that was, it, was a, it was a dozens. I mean, they had people swarming. They were going around and, and knocking on places, on, on the doors of businesses that didn't even deal with the public. I remember talking to Bernadette Wilson, who owns Denali Disposal, and the code enforcers came and knocked on her door and wanted to see if she was wearing a mask inside her business by herself. And she said, no, you're not coming in. They said, we're code enforcers. We want to make sure that you're, you're safe to the public. She said, my business is not open to the public. We have trucks out there and so on and so forth. No, you're not coming in. They, they, they were politically charged and how they enforced this. It was a, uh, a Berkowitz mandate. They went after conservatives big time. Absolutely. So, so here's the thing. Do you think that's not going to empower the side that has a political agenda, the people that are going to rally, quote, the troops to try to get them to be able to uh, walk around, drive around, target people? This is, I, I am just shocked, just absolutely shocked that this has any place in the assembly and the, like you said, the gross overreach of the assembly into the executive branch. Uh, I'm curious as to what's gonna happen with the mayor's office and what they're gonna do. I'm not sure if you know. Well, I presume that they're going to veto it, but, then, but there aren't enough uh, votes on the assembly to sustain the veto. It will be overridden by the assembly and then there will be probably be a lawsuit of some sort and they'll, be, they'll ask for a preliminary injunction and then we'll see what, what happens in court. I mean, it's just going to be ugly, but I'm telling you, this Meg Zalatel, she is repeating 
what they did in Stalinist Russia. And I just want to remind people that when Stalin took control of Russia, remember he was the editor of Pravda, the newspaper there for some time, and then he rose to power and took control. And he, he, well, I don't remember. I don't remember any of this stuff. I wasn't alive. But but what they did is they they enforced all of these repress, repressive measures and compliance and loyalty to the Communist Party by having family members tell on other family members and neighbors tell on neighbors. It's the exact same thing. And what happened in, in Stalinist Russia is that even children would turn on their parents because children were hungry. They turn in their parents, they would get food. And so then their parents would be sent off to the, uh, the labor camps in these remote places or out to Siberia in exile. And there's a lot that, that has been written about that or sometimes simply just executed for being anti-communist. And so then these children for the rest of their lives lived with the burden of what they had done. And this is exactly what Meg Zalatel is doing. She is asking neighbors to turn against neighbors, family members to turn each in other family members and businesses to go and do uh, economic warfare on their competitors. And I tell you, there is a, this is a woman who I swear, she would have turned in Anne Frank if she'd had the opportunity. Yeah, it's, a, right. sad, it's big, a sad day big, for Anchor. Big pause there. John, um, what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking that even though it seems like all hope is lost, meaning you look at this at face value and you think, well, the assembly is going to vote this in, even if the mayor vetoes it, they got the votes. And well, what are we going to do? I think there's still power in folks um, coming out and voicing their opinion. And you saw it happen with uh, Bronson's victory. Uh, people never thought he was going to win. He was too conservative. He was way too, you know, he's way too right for Anchorage. He's one of the most conservative mayors that Anchorage has ever seen. And he kicked everybody's butt. And because people got wind of what was happening and they came out and they voted. So please remember, next time your assembly person is up for re-election, uh, get your butt in your car and go vote. Because if you don't, you're soon gonna face uh, mask, more mask mandates, more vaccine mandates, more this mandate, more telling on your neighbors, telling on your businesses. Next thing you know, you're gonna be instead of watching videos from Australia of people getting shot for not wearing a mask by the government, you're going to be opening your front door and it's going to be happening right in your neighborhood. So the speaking of that segue uh, about, you know, next time there's an election, there is an election and ballots for the Meg Rizal recall are going to be mailed out around the 5th or the 6th of October. That's uh, 21 days before the, the election is done here in in the District 4 area of Anchorage. And just so people know where that is, I was gonna ask you, Scott, if you would post um, a, a, the map, the link to the, the district maps up on our show notes and I'll, and I'll send it to you as soon as we're done here. Uh, it's really Rogers Park to Midtown. Uh, it play, includes places like College Village, Neighbor Woods, Tudor Road, all the way south to Abbott Road and then over to C Street and then into cuts into Spinard a little bit and then back over to Rogers Park. So it's, it is not the downtown area. It is really Midtown, but it is not all of Midtown. And so West Anchorage would be Austin Quinn Davidson's and, and District 4 is uh, really considered the a huge swath of Anchorage. Those ballots will be in the, in the mail. Look for that ballot. Make sure you vote your ballot if you're in that 
neighborhood. Uh, yesterday on Sunday was the final day to register to vote for this particular election, but I hope that people take heed about what's going on in the city. What happens when your city goes woke is that you will have the brown shirts at your door. So John, what else are people commenting about um, on the website these days or, or on Facebook? Well, uh, we've done some fun shirts as of late. So if you uh, keep up with some of the stuff that we do, we we uh, produce some uh, fun shirts and we uh, have produced a couple recently that are pretty awesome. Uh, back in uh, February, one of, the, one of our biggest Facebook posts in the last 24 hours, we posted a quote from Ann Zink. And I'm gonna paraphrase the quote, but it basically says that um, she was in front of the Senate uh, committee uh, February of 2021. So, you know, no, it's so 2020. 2020. 2020. So, you know, COVID had kind of just started and, 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 uh, you know, people didn't know everything they know now. Everybody's an expert now. But she said, uh, so Senator Wilson asked her, well, you know, with this COVID stuff and, and uh, do masks work? Everybody's talking about masks and N95 masks. And he asked the question, you know, do COVID, do masks work with COVID? And she replied that masks are, if worn all day, are a moist, wet place where bacteria and viruses will be collected and is not safe and will not help you from getting something from somebody else. And it's her exact quote, let me read her exact quote. I'm reading it off the shirt right now. A mask is a wet, moist environment that's collecting viruses and bacteria. It's not useful to protect you from other people. And so if you love that quote, because I love that quote, because uh, I think it speaks volume that somehow science, the science of masks, you know, masks have been around for decades. And somehow in the last year, the science has changed in mass, masks and no, no longer do they collect, uh, you know, viruses and bacteria. They can be worn all day by two-year-olds and, and be calling good. So if you think that quote's amazing, you can go buy yourself a shirt with that quote on it right now on our website for about yeah. 17 bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, it does help us. I think we get about a buck 50 from it. And that's, that's, a, that's a, it's, not, it's not a profit center for us. It's our, our way of contributing to the conversation out there. You've got some other shirts though that are really good too. Uh, you, you put one up today, I, I think that was, uh, was brilliant. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we try to you know, piggyback with stuff that we think is funny. And, and sometimes we'll put up shirts and, and a couple will sell and sometimes a bunch will sell, but we put up a shirt today, unvaccinated lives matter. So we are firm believers that if you are unvaccinated, your life still matters. And it's actually and a real remember, re remember folks, I'm vaccinated. John's not vaccinated. I don't know if Scott is or not. So we, we, haven't, we haven't asked him, but you know, this is a, this is not about anti-vax. This is about your, your, your personal choice to whether or not you want to inject this into your body. This is just a personal choice thing. Yep. And so the, uh, we have that shirt. We've sold a bunch of them in the last day or so, or the last, you know, five hours or so. And then the one that's, this makes me laugh the most is the, uh, <laughs> one of the exemptions for wearing a mask in this new ordinance that's gonna go in front of the, the Anchorage Assembly tomorrow. Um, one of the exemptions is if you have a itch, you can scratch it. And so they will allow you, I don't know if they've taken it out or not, but the um, draft ordinance will allow you to take off your mask to scratch your itch. And so we made a funny shirt around the mask exemption, being able to briefly scratch an itch. 
And uh, I should just say I have an itch on my butt. I can take my mask off briefly to scratch my butt. It's a hilarious shirt. It's it's pretty funny. It, and you know we do need to laugh sometime, don't we? Oh yeah, it's better than crying. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, we've come to the end of the show, and before everybody here, here we go. We we you go to mustreadalaska.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Three times a week, I put out a, a, a really great, entertaining newsletter that has all the links for everything you missed in the past 48 hours. So just drop your email in the box there at the mustreadalaska.com link. And Scott, thanks for helping us out with the show today and for everything you do on this show and for your Wednesday edition. I know you're going to have a lot to talk about this week. If you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, I just want to thank you personally. It makes it possible for us to stand up for what's right here in Alaska and to battle the lamestream media. So hit the donate button at the right side there on mustreadalaska.com and keep this project going. Until next week, I'm signing off from somewhere.